Back to the point. We are back to the point. Back to the back to the back to the point. Back to the point. Episode eight. We're coming at you live from Newport by Beach, the ocean and enemy territory. Yeah. Blue ducks. Bull ducks. Bull. Bull the ducks. <laughs> we were at Downtown Disney earlier, and we saw a guy with a ducks jersey and a old ducks hat, and we're just like, eh, no. You have Boo. destroyed the color teal after you had it first, and we decided right. that we wanted it now. Anyway, so uh, we're a little bit insane now, but this is actually our first, uh, first unscripted... Unscripted together in person recording Actually, we never had a script, but it's our first just straight... They don't have to know. Straight going live, uh, live performance. It's actually our first time being together for a podcast rather than doing it in over studio in studio meaning a rental car <laughs> in orange county because ian and his wonderful wife Allie, who's actually our special guest our special guest our first guest so there's a lot of firsts today um Allie, Allie, why don't you go yeah why don't you introduce that? yourself hi she's bashful oh, go sharks, go sharks. Oh, that's all you need to know she's doing her her podcast voice which are we're very accustomed to do. It's probably slightly different than our, than our normal voices, but anyway, uh, Ian and Allie have graced us um, with coming back to California for a little bit because of a wedding, and we got to hang out today. Uh, went to downtown I Disney for faffing around and getting churros. Before that, we had some delicious Korean barbecue. Anyway, this is we haven't even talked anything about. Actually, we said opposing territory the ducks, so it's only hint at hockey that we've mentioned before but it's cool it's cool to be here in person with you you know you know what also bleeds down here what? king's territory yeah you know you know some fun king's news today wow some they, firings uh, they uh fired their gm dean lombardi and their head coach daryl sutter and both, both ex sharks both yeah people i was just gonna say that yeah what do you think ali great <laughs> great dude. i feel like we also feel it's great we thought it's great Ian, it was I'd, very surprising. We both were very much like jaw dropping. Right. Well, I had gone to the bathroom at dinner, and then I get back, and he shows me his phone with the tweet or something like that. I was like, "What?" Yeah, Chris, <laughs> like, Chris Johnson. Oh, like, Chris and Johnson. It, like I think he's a yeah. TSN or uh, Sportsnet insider. Ones, yeah, he's always on the uh, Sportsnet uh, with a Hockey Central at noon, whatever it is. TSN or Sportsnet. I think it's Sportsnet no. five ninety. Maybe that's a radio station, but TSN is the yeah. Anyways, crazy. Yeah. You know, they've had like about three bad seasons in a row, and uh, Dean Lombardi, I think, is probably the. I don't know. He really handicapped that team Made with some, bad some decisions. terrible contracts that uh, he, things happened to work out for the better. Like Slava Voinov's contract just got terminated. So that kind of sucks. Mike Richards tried to do something illegal and then happened to cross the border while doing it or something like that. <laughs> yeah. And then they got to void his contract after it would have severely handicapped him. And then Dustin Brown's contract. There's also like, Jarrett Stoll who was like, Oh yeah. He had got doing cocaine or cocaine, got caught for like cocaine possession or something, or something like, like that. that. I thought that was Hookers Mike Richards. may have been speculation. I thought that was Mike Richards at the border. I don't, I don't know. Really. It's all confusing. That never actually came out, but there was some. There was they some. Had, they had a lot of uh, illicit activity going on within their yeah. their organization, their players, and they somehow were able to get out of. Got too much into the LA party lifestyle. Yeah, they somehow got out of contracts and one after the other, and I just want them it was to very be punished because they're our least favorite team in the league. Yeah, and they won a lot. So then finally, um, I think. Uh, Dean Lombardi even criticized himself a little bit. He was vocally self-critical there. I'm and, just surprised uh, that... He he, he kind of was saying, I, I trusted, and I was like, too much for the man on the team, and really wanted them to do well, and I thought they would do well, so I gave him these contracts that now I recognize are... You know, yeah, you were telling me before he, he would sign players based on the, the character, but rather than their performance or something like that. If it, too uh, heavily. Maybe. Or you would... like he failed on character. Yeah, I hope I didn't say character because <laughs> he definitely got that wrong. Yeah. Right, his past performance and just, anyways. He's well, too, too loyal to a player. And there's a co Same with Mike Richards, too. You know? Yeah. 
Well, the Kopitar signing this last summer. I mean, nobody's going to question that Andre Kopitar is a, a great player, but man, he had a bad season this this season. Uh, yeah, and I think when you pay when you pay your star when you pay your star ten million dollars and they don't produce, that is. I'm not sure how much Andre Kopitar is worth, but the fact that he's ten million dollars a year and is not producing a, a, an abysmal. I think he maybe hit ten goals, mm-hmm. maybe. He had a decent amount of assists, I think, like upper. Okay, 30s, yeah, but... but he was like twenty goals behind what he normally should do. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah, I. Him and then literally everyone else on the team just super. Well, except Jeff Carter, who was good. Well, yeah, he kind of lit it on later in this. I don't know. No, he was pretty consistent throughout. He was their only goal scorer. Him and the Sharks, you know, fortunately for the Sharks, is their depth players, not their primary goal scorers. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think literally most people around the league also having a lot of scoring issues with this really intense short season. Um, Yeah, so big news in Kingsland. Yeah. Speaking of which, uh, performances in the regular season. The regular season just ended. Um, the Sharks' last game was this last Saturday against the Calgary Flames. They got uh, a good win, um, 3-1 over the Flames uh, with a depleted roster. The Flames depleted also didn't show... And partially rested. Roster. And partially rested, yeah. So they, well, yeah, they took out Pavelski, Braun, Ward, and Hurdle, who had minor injuries, if anything, I'm speculating, so... Uh, along with the injuries to Thor and Couture, that's six pretty important players are out of the lineup. But that being said, the players that were in there, the younger players and the depth players, um, and the few remaining veterans like Vlasic and, and Marlowe, they did a good job of uh, playing a solid defensive game and um, getting some uh, timely goals um, to beat the, the Flames, who also didn't dress a complete roster with Mark Giordano and um, Kale Backlund out. As I think there were a couple others. Those are ones I remembered. Um, anyway, do you want to go... Should we go back to where our last podcast was? So we haven't recorded in a while. I think the last... Um, last our last game we talked about was... Uh, the fourth game of the losing streak. You're against... correct. It was Minnesota on March 21st, a 2-3 loss. And then we had... Uh, so you mentioned... So we'll just kind of summarize everything, but our last two, uh, yeah. So we had a couple losses after that, and it really started to get bad. Yeah, that we got we we played Dallas again, away again at the very end of that road trip, and we just instead of losing a one zero game on terrible ice, which kind of could be you know disregarded as speaking to either team's actual value. We got hammered six to one. Six to one, that was bad. It, which was just terrible because Dallas is not a good team. And then right after that, we played Nashville, and we get hammered again and lose seven to two. And Couture takes a deflection off of the stick into the mouse. Yeah, that was and took out like almost all of his teeth. That was like injury to insult. I think when <laughs> that was adding a big injury to a big insult. So the Minnesota was the fourth fourth game of the losing streak, right? Yeah, so it got to six in a row. Yeah, in, so in regulation too. That that loss to Dallas in the next game, the six one loss, that was where things really started to feel really bad for me, I think, because it went from like they were still playing solidly defensively up until after the Minnesota game and then they go into Dallas and then the defense starts to fall apart. Um which they, they give up six and seven goals respectively. Yeah, Dallas and it Nashville. just. I think that's so mental. I think the Nashville game; those were seven true goals. Even the seventh one was on a man net, I believe. Yeah, I mean, why would I mean you didn't pull a net or anything? Pull a goalie. Yeah, yeah. So so Couture leaves the game in Nashville. Very scary scenes as it goes and hits his head. And I think Ellis was in front of the net guarding Couture as Couture was in front of the net, and immediately Couture falls. He was getting pushed forward a little bit, or he was leaning forward a little bit, and then it deflected. And since he was leaning lower, it, it ended up going to his mouth. And Couture does not wear a long, 
face shield like uh, Vlasic now does after his injury. Really thankful that he actually wears a visor at all, a la Thornton. Uh, but I don't really think a visor actually had any effects. I, don't really know I think it was low enough in strength. It wouldn't have mattered, really. But yeah, you It just, didn't even touch his visor, you, but I was glad he wears it. You see at least one tooth come out of his mouth at the replay. Yeah, and then uh, Pecorine came over. Yeah. And like I, he had some stuff in his glove and then came over and dropped it on the bench. Mm-hmm. I'm like 99% sure that was, was his, his teeth. other teeth. Yeah. yeah. Gross, man. That... Like, or maybe was, I hope it was his mouth guard or something like that. I just want to say, I, I feel, I just felt so bad for Logan Couture, not just as like a hockey player, but as a person. I personally have like bad dreams and nightmares about losing my teeth. <laughs> I feel like so, that's like a, a phobia of some sort. It's a phobia, and I feel like that's one of those stereotypical like, oh, I, I appear naked in front of a crowd. Public speaking. That's one of those, I feel like that means something. <laughs> Maybe, maybe. But it's just terrible for that to... That's like a lot of... He suffered a lot of damage. And based on what he said uh, in that week and a half later, was saying that he... Pretty much all his teeth were affected. His his teeth got shifted around. They're pretty much saving... Just trying to save some of his teeth temporarily. And he said at the end of the season, he's going to have to get most of his teeth removed. So just the extent of that that puck to the mouth is, is pretty sad. Yeah, wow. and uh, on Twitter, uh, Curtis Pashelka and some of the other, I think the Sharks account and Kevin Kurz and some of the other reporters have been posting tweets and videos of the equipment Couture has been trying out because uh, it is a mouth injury, which doesn't necessarily affect him from physically skating. It affects him physically skating at the level he needs to be playing at an NHL game. He mentioned the biggest issue for him is uh, just pain tolerance to be able to be taking like a hit and then the biggest thing he called out directly was uh breathing getting Mm -hmm. enough air in given that he has to wear these like crazy mouth guards and stuff and it's just uncomfortable uh but yeah he tried out a couple different uh helmet orientations that all have stuff in front of the mouth area Mm -hmm. right so that even that will affect breathing a little bit versus a visor where it's just you know fresh air so right Thoughts and prayers out to Couture. It just gruesome. Just it. It's yeah. just a sad thing mentally, psychologically. Like yeah, maybe it's like a broken too to deal to deal with like that type of. Yeah, he's a tough guy, but just to go through that, and you could see in his interviews in the last it's few really days, week or so, he just yeah, he's frustrated, but he's very downcast looking. Yeah, so, I've heard um, I've heard interviews with uh, players where they've been uh, injured for an extended period of time and they're away from the team. Yeah. They don't go on travel. They're at home just trying to recuperate, especially mm-hmm. with Couture. I bet he's at the dentist for a lot of appointments and then other just procedures as well. Probably yeah. take a long time. Uh, that's time he's not with his best friends and doing his job that he's like entirely driven into. So. And not only is he held back from hockey, but I mean, think about how it's going to affect his so activities of daily living. It takes like eating, 40 minutes. Yeah. To get a meal for a down. meal. Yeah. And also, breathing's kind of difficult. He's got that constant, like, pain, discomfort, when maybe maybe even something as simple as... I mean, I think I've had kind of, like, sinus issues before. And have you ever had those instances when you're, like, stepping and you feel kind of like that, that pain in your teeth? When yeah. you have, like, a sinus. Ooh, that's not fun. But just imagine if you actually had, like, oral damage to your, to your teeth and gums, like, what that might feel like with simple, yeah. like... Um, with your body's like shaking and things like that. So, and factor that into him not being able to take contact and stuff. So that's probably a big thing where those jarring things might affect him and increase his pain a lot. Yeah. Anyway, Although, yeah. uh, update on him. No, we'll talk about that later. If we talk about yeah. it. So, so we talked about, we kind of addressed the Dallas and Nashville kind of pretty terrible losses. That kind um, of boiled over in the Rangers game. Yeah. Uh, that was a very good performance from the Sharks. We ended up winning in overtime 5-4 to four after not scoring the first goal, I believe. I thought we did. I think that was a big difference that we did score the first goal in this game, but I can't remember. Oh, we did. Yeah, Hansen got his first goal. That's right. Right as the game started. Um, the third line got the, the goal on their very first shift. And, but then they quickly tied it. Um... 
and then the Sharks scored, and then we scored again, and then the Rangers scored, and then they scored again. And again. And they then we scored, and then they scored, or they scored again, they and then we scored. Answered, yeah. Uh, and then eventually we went ahead and, and won. So we lost the we lost the lead, losing losing it in favor of a tie, uh, twice, and we came back and won, and continued to score. And we had sco- we had goals from depth, goals from our veterans. Really, really good performance. You could see that the the team was just ready to just kill this losing streak. Well, I think this game was a little bit nuanced because if you can remember, they came out really well. Like they looked really good real at the hard. beginning. Mm-hmm. They ended up securing a three-one lead, but then towards the end of the second, we gave up a power play goal. I think to the Rangers. Yeah, like and then when the third period play, like started, they got right? yeah. They had like another power play goal at the beginning of the third, but they had two goals at the beginning of the third, which put them up four-three. And at that point, I was starting to get, like, livid. Like, Yeah, I had, I had watched get... it before, and Miggs was getting all mad. Yeah, I was so frustrated. And but you Ian, know what? Ian had already seen we it. I was watching a, it delayed. We had enough frustration. We yeah. won. And, but, and then Tierney gets that tying goal, and then Burns finally gets another goal in overtime. Tierney gets a tying goal in the last minutes of the game. Yeah, last few minutes. Tierney, yeah. he's, lately. He's done really well these last couple weeks or so. Fan. So um, I really liked what you said. I was—I think we were both elated after this game, but I think you described it in a great way. You—you you said something like how they had gone through a lot of adversity, and even within this game, yeah. game they had to overcome a lot of within-game adversity, giving up a lead. Which it wasn't like they were—they had to get the monkey off their back, yeah. and it—and it wasn't going to be easy, even though they already got that lead. Yeah, and they're like, okay, we got our goals. We haven't been able to score goals, and then it's like, yeah. nope, you got to give a full effort. And I think part of it was, I think they might have. I don't know if the penalties were bad, but the Rangers got a couple power play goals, and I and I think they were kind of those like backdoor one timer type type goals. I don't really which remember. the goaltender doesn't really have a good chance against. At least one of them was, I think. But it which was just is, frustrating. Which is, a, that, which is a failure to clear the player. In yeah, front of it. it was frustrating, but I'm really glad that they were able to to come back and, and kind of show some grit as it were and win that game. So I think we were really optimistic, like, okay, we got the monkey off our back. Let's go into Edmonton and Calgary. Um, Which we lost. Yeah, that that was not to be so. Edmonton was... Uh, and I think this was the turning point. When Edmund, when we lost, the next game was against Edmonton two days mm-hmm. later. Uh, we lost two to three. Um, and I actually thought it wasn't a terrible loss. It was a very frustrating, but um, the the Oilers is the first time I saw the Oilers really shut down a game after they got their lead. Yeah, um, and I think at this point, it may be the Calgary game. After that, we lost our lead in the division. Yeah, it was around this point. Yeah, because I think it was still like okay, like we beat the Rangers. They're still we're still in good position to compete for the first place in the Pacific. Um, and then those two losses and against. Yeah, I think at that point Calgary. we were four points ahead. I think we might have been only second. two or tied, but we had regulation over. And then we lost twice in a row, and then it was past. Yeah. So and then the thing uh, with Ed, I think the thing with the Edmonton game is that I think they played pretty solidly offensively, trying to get chances and stuff, but they couldn't score again. And the thing is, mistakes bit them. Uh, Connor McDavid got a shorthanded goal. Oh, and he of, had that deke on the yeah. breakaway where he just like. Lightning feet, yeah. Lightning hands, lightning brain to think at that yeah. pace. It was just and, one of those things where it's a, uh, it was a lapse of awareness on the power play by the Sharks, and then McDavid comes streaking yeah. in and he gets a goal. So I think there was a, a, a few lapses that that just bit the Sharks, where they they fell asleep for a moment. And it's not like there was a lot of those throughout the game, from what I understand. But uh, I'm not sure I even watched this game. But from what I heard, there those those few mistakes were enough for the Oilers to capitalize and, and kind of just – and they shut the things down, like you said. Now, I, I want to talk about the Calgary game for a little bit the next night. I, I watched the beginning of this game, and I thought the Sharks came out really hard. And then I think we gave up the first goal. Um, we gave up – We have the first, first two goals. And second. Yeah. And, and then, then Mark Gunnar Vlasic tied it – or. Put it, put us within one, and then things just fell apart from there. Yeah, and then it just – I think we got like – yeah, I don't really want to talk about it. Yeah, it, it basically was, looked like all the other games were 
we were in it, and then all of a sudden something happens in the losing streak, the six-game losing streak. All of a sudden something happens, and then mm-hmm. particularly the Dallas and the Nashville games where it's like, oh, we're in it. We get a goal, they get a goal, and then something happens, and then everything just stops. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that was that was extremely frustrating because it felt just like all the other times when they just hammered us. Yeah. Um. Uh, anyway, let's... It, and then uh, we, we played Vancouver, and thank you that Vancouver is in our division mm-hmm. as one of the worst teams in the league. Because we played them... Twice. Uh, you know what we did? We played them in Vancouver, and do you know where I was? In Vancouver. I was in Vancouver with this game. For this game with my wife, who has decided Allie. to exit a little bit early. <laughs> um, still here. She's oh, still here. Oh, you're back. <laughs> we, took a, we took a trip to um, Vancouver, which... Ironically, Canada is closer. We uh, we were what down here. Saying? We were down here for a wedding. <laughs> okay. And the distance from Seattle to Vancouver, we had to drive, was uh, closer from where we flew into, and then driving to the middle of nowhere in California for the wedding. I don't know what you're saying. It's a beautiful location, very fun. <laughs> it was just kind of funny that Canada was close. A different country was closer than our home. And we won. Oh, you're saying flying. Back to California was farther than driving no, to Canada. No, the drive from within California. <laughs> okay, it's it's late. I'm just not. <laughs> I'm just not getting you very well. Doesn't matter. Anyway, um, you were at you were at we this were at game. the game, okay. which was great. However, some terrible Thornton things. Thornton, Thornton, Thornton didn't hurt himself, but he did get kind hurt of a little bit. But he, you know, he it, did hurt himself. He it, ran into Chaput. It was an accident, though. It wasn't did like. Not look that bad, and then all of a sudden he was down. Well, it yeah, looked... No, well, no, no, no. In, in we were in person. In person, okay. We were... Yeah. He just... It looked like the, the play was over. It very bad, yeah. And then he was just, uh... Like, Chaput didn't, like, back check... Like, butt check him or anything like that. Thornton was just, like, skating by, and I think Chaput... Like, the play had ended, and then they were, like, leisurely skating away. Mm-hmm. And then he, like, hit his knee, and then we, like, were looking where the play had been, and then all of a sudden, I was like, wait, Thornton's down? And then Allie and I were watching, and then he, like, tried to get up and couldn't get up, and then, like, skated over, like, bent his leg over, like, had his leg off of the ice, like, it was like a a dog with, like, a hurt paw. And it was just just like, like, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. uh, Yeah, and, like, Couture was already out, and it was just like, oh, no. But did they show the replay in Vancouver? No. They didn't say. We, yeah, we saw. Him. So immediately, Ali was like, "Check Twitter." So I was like, <laughs> "I was like, what happened?" So we looked. Tw- we looked at Twitter, and you know, Brody Brazil and Kevin Kurz came out great. Like two, three minutes later, <laughs> and then we had burst the, into tears. <laughs> then we had the replay, and we saw it, and it definitely. You don't need to get into all the physical therapy stuff. I know. No, I want to. Okay. Why would you deprive me? Because we don't actually know what happened. Oh, However, anyway, but it looked it looked very even bad from the, the untrained uh, untrained eye. Like you see the I will replay. Say, can, I, can I add one more thing sure. before you go for it? I will say uh, recently, Cam recently, as in within this past week, like after it. Thornton got his injury, Cam Fowler had a very similar injury. The speed at which Mark Giordano hit Cam Fowler made the same kind of rotation and manipulation of the knee that happened against Thornton. It looked similar, but the speed and the force of the which Giordano hit Cam Fowler. Well, Cam Fowler's also big. skating with speed too, so. Well, yeah, yeah. It just looked bad. Mm-hmm. It looked very, very bad. Like when it happened yeah. and in the replay, the reaction and, then Thornton, and the reaction to the to the injury by Fowler was a bit more severe. Yeah, just laying on the ice, well. like writhing in pain. He couldn't even leave on his own power. But that's not to say that what happened to Thornton was not I'm concerning. Just, wasn't saying concerning. I was just His happy reaction. that it wasn't at the same speed of play. Obviously, yeah. the greater the speed, the more force there is. So. Yeah, but I, I mean, I think it, even at slow speeds, it, just if you look at the replay, like even from the untrained eye, like I was saying, like you could see his knee does not go in a direction that um, seems like a knee the knee should go. So, so now, in your professional opinion, go ahead and well, I mean, go ahead and. Albeit speculate because we don't actually know. We don't have the MRIs. But as what many, happened? I mean, as many Sharks fans, fans can remember, back a few years ago when um, Tomas Hurdle collided with Justin uh, Brown with that um, knee on knee hit, he kind of had a 
he hyperextended his knee, right? So his knee... Hurdle did or Hurdle did. did. Hurdle did. So his knee got pushed back, and um, as we found out later, Hurdle had a PCL injury. Now, P- PCL... Makes, what's the PCL? Uh, it's the posterior cruciate ligament. A lot of people know what the ACL is, is the anterior cruciate ligament. Pretty much within the knee... Is that behind the kneecap or in front of the kneecap? Or to the well, side of the kneecap? Both, both of those ligaments are behind the kneecap. They're within... Okay. The joint of the knee, which is the two two main long bones with, within your leg, yeah. um, being the femur and the tibia. So they'll the, both of those ligaments, the ACL and the PCL, will kind of cross, kind of make an X, and those are really important for the stability of your knee, right? Stability so, as in like left and right, kind of like how you can kind of like rock it. Well, multiple directions. Cool. Because um, it crosses. Yeah, and and well. Yeah, those those ligaments are pretty. They're very important ligaments. Pretty important, yeah. Now, um, so I, I immediately thought kind of like a, a hyperextension thing, PCL. But then I realized a lot of PCL injuries are kind of more. Um, we call them dashboard injuries. So, for example, if somebody were to get a, in a car accident, and the dashboard is driven into the front of the leg, the front of the knee, which pushes the lower bone, the tibia back, which kind of forces the knee. Uh, well, that the tibia back when the knee is flexed, so like if you're sitting oh. in a car. So that's generally a more common thing. Um, another example would be like imagine a young skateboarder who falls from a high height onto their knee with their knee kind of flexed at 90 degrees. That could result in a PCL tear. That but the thing is terrible. you could also have a PCL tear with a hyperextension thing like what we saw with Thornton, what happened to Hurdle. Okay. It just it just depends. What we saw Thornton may have ended in a PCL yeah. Term. So the thing know. is, as so I got PCL to, PCL might have as torn. I got to thinking about it, it may have been ACL too. If if people notice when you see the replay, Thornton kind of you can see at the last moment that he it almost like he's tries to avoid ch- yeah, ch- it's like a he little looked, bit because he wasn't really paying attention. Like I was saying, yeah, they were kind of like everyone was skating away after play, and all of a sudden he sees him and yeah. the last moment tries to he does point that he does away. that kind of like dodge to the side thing but and rotates his leg in to kind of dodge but what that happens is his 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 knee his his hip kind of rotates in but then his knee is kind of struck against uh chaput's kind of bottom his his butt or his, his hip his butt is which the drives term. which drives the outside of his knee kind of inward we call that a valgus force so oh, yes. if you think of somebody who has who's kind of has a more knock knee type structure where their mm-hmm. knees are kind of angling inwards from their hips so that kind of force where you're pushing the the hips the sorry pushing the knees in from the outside so you can see it's rotating outwards and kind of pushing his knee inwards now when that happens you're thinking that well the mcl which is the medial collateral ligament which it's the big one a lot of athletes who might be listening probably maybe not anybody listening but (laughs) but uh that's that's pretty common that valgus force now um, a lot of times the ACL can be torn with the MCL and the medial meniscus. So I pretty much all, all that being said, it could have been a number of things. And even if it's not a tear, there could be some sort of sprain, which is happening. A sprain, pretty much a sprain, you're talking about a ligaments that causes overstretching of a ligament, which ligaments are not supposed to stretch past a certain point. Ligaments limit how much we can move in a good way. They kind of form the boundaries of how much we can move. Uh, how much our joints are supposed to move appropriately. So, like I said, you could see Thornton's knee moving more than it should, and so you, I, I would suspect maybe some sort of sprain. So, um, anyway, what ha- what happened since then? I, I had a very negative outlook. You were also fairly I had negative. A, I had a... Uh, but uh, more anytime, optimistic. Anytime where happen- was I? And Allie was Allie the most was optimistic of it all. She, That's right. She said, you really don't know. And I, said, I was... I, and I told Migs, you really don't know. And he said... You really don't know. There's a lot of <laughs> circle of fingers. But yeah. ultimately, I had faith that Thornton in his his uh, 19-year career takes knocks, maybe not in this exact thing, but a lot all the time. He's been a very healthy person. I think he's missed uh, – before he started missing games with this injury, he'd only missed nine games in his 19-year career. Uh, and like two or three of those were due to uh, suspension on the David Perron. Yeah. So I think that just kind of goes to show that his whole body generally can take knocks and a little bit of a beating without really uh, damaging him too much. And he, uh, every time all the trainers and the coaches are there saying he puts in a ton of effort training himself physically and all this stuff, 
Mm. So I was a little bit optimistic, and then me not knowing, you know, physical therapy and uh, anatomy made me feel better. Um, um, made me feel better about his chances, just because, like, oh, it didn't look that fast. And he's always healthy. Yeah. Um, and then paired with Cam Fowler, you know, I just took in that light. Yeah. And then also, uh, in the end, he started skating recently. Yeah. Um, and then he spoke, like, a day or two later, and he said he guaranteed himself to play for game one. And then DeBoer, but he's like, I'll, I'll play in game one of the playoffs for sure. I will. Uh, I might even play Tuesday. Might even play Tuesday, <laughs> or or Thursday, Saturday. and Saturday, which he yeah. did not. But. Uh, which he did not, and DeBoer wisely just sat him out, even though he might have felt he was good to go. Um, you know, he, he was he was already gonna at that point. He probably already knew he was gonna seat uh, bench some players anyways. So really? he probably just told Thornton, and then DeBoer was like, uh, "Thornton is day to day." And then some of the reporters were like, uh, "Well, Thornton said he would play on Saturday or Thursday," and they're like. Thornton is day-to-day. So I thought that was kind of funny. Uh, Couture, um, in some of those Twitter posts, Couture and Thornton were taking the ice after practice or morning skates by themselves, skating around and shooting, and you could see them moving around, which was very nice for Thornton to see. To see Thornton doing that, because, you know, the concern is that he can't skate at all. Uh, He could skate, he could take some stuff, kind of gave weight to what he was saying, that it wasn't as bad. Because he said it it really, the MRI showed absolutely nothing. Maybe he's just saying that, but... Which I doubt, but... Yeah. Maybe nothing, <laughs> maybe nothing more than, like, the state of his other knee at this point in the season, you know? So, who knows? But he should be back, and as of today, both him and Couture were taking line rushes in practice. So, hopefully... Now, what is a line rush from Curtis Pichelka? I don't know what a line rush is in Sharks practice. I've never uh, seen I think it was practice. implied that the pace of the practice, they were kind of matching it uh, fairly my well. My question is, yeah. is, does that involve contact? That's my, I don't, I don't I know. Would, uh, I would assume I haven't been not, to a Sharks but, practice, you know? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, good to see that they're at least fully participating in practice, both of them. Or at least, there yeah. wasn't any mention of them wearing, like, a no-contact jersey. So, yeah, I remember cool. the first piece of news at the end of the Vancouver game. It said, uh... Jordan died. No, Chris Baselka said that he walked out of the arena under his own Oh, yeah. And then you were, and then I was like, see, that's good news. And then you were like, no. I was skeptical. I said, well, either it's not as bad or he is going against some sort of professional advice and and deciding to not not listen and wear a brace or some sort of device Just, like, like to bring up morale for the team or something like yeah, that. Yeah, which I, th- I think would be dumb, but I, I don't think Thornton, with how well he takes care of his body, would do something like that. And, mm-hmm. you know, when a few days later when he took the ice and, and took skating, I was highly encouraged because I just kind of look at the way he's moving. It didn't look like when he's skating. And he was skating pretty slowly at first, but yeah. it didn't look like he was favoring the leg necessarily. Yeah. Uh, so that's highly encouraging and thinking that the, maybe the injury is not quite as bad as it looked. Cause to me, regardless of the speed, just what I saw was, was pretty bad. Yeah. Anyway. Um, but regardless, they played Vancouver again. Yeah. Without um, Thornton and without Couture this time, which we also won. This was, won. this was a game where we came out really hot for the first 10 minutes and then the sharks fell asleep for the middle 40 middle minutes. 40, and then they decided and then to play they again, played and again at the last eight. 10 minutes or so. Yeah, I yeah. think uh, I think they might have pulled the goalie. Vancouver? Uh, yeah. Oh, I yeah, they, they did. did pull the goalie, but uh, Tierney had already scored. And Marlowe got that. So, as, as Couture is to Edmonton, really plays well against them, mm-hmm. Tierney plays really well against the, uh, Vancouver. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, and then, so the last game of the season was against Calgary. Second, second to last. Yeah. We- the last game of the season was oh, okay. at Calgary. I'm skipping ahead one game because yeah. we've already briefly mentioned it. We are already banged up in the Sharks. Both teams are benching players. We get a win. Good job, Death scores. Uh, Not yeah. really too important to talk about. Uh, at this point, pretty much everything was almost all but decided yeah. on who would play who. Uh, and then the game before that, the important one, was uh, versus Edmonton. And this game, depending on who won, basically guaranteed that person home ice versus the other person. 
in the playoff matchup that would happen, which was most likely the Sharks versus the Oilers. Well, at that point, it didn't guarantee, but if the Sharks... It, it almost all but guaranteed. The Sharks' destiny was in their own hands at that point against the Oilers, because if they had won out and the Oilers had just... I think if the Sharks won out, they would have had home ice. Yeah, we did some guaranteed. we did some calculation calculations. If they won their remaining two games, they would in have, regulation or overtime, we would have we would have because uh, we had the tiebreaker yeah. with ROWs. By so, um, but and, we lost to Edmonton. Yeah, ultimately started off well. Ward got the opening goal, um, and then the, they tied it. With an annoying lucky bounce. Yeah, with the McDavid. It It was a deflection, and then a deflection, and then it was going right into the net, and then Jones saw it and stretched his leg, his left leg across, trying to keep it out, and he got like a toe save that happened to land a McDavid stick, and he just like sat there and just roofed it home. Yeah, I mean, McDavid was there, it's just the bounce that led to all that was annoying. 30th goal. (laughs) I know, right? And then Burns scores his 20, 29th goal of the it's season. Just an absolute wrist shot, which snipe. was perfect because we <laughs> yeah. want him scoring again. So great that he got a goal. Uh, and then the Sharks take a PK, and then Lujic gets a hat trick, and then we don't really talk about that. And those were all like tap in front of the goal, tap ins from uh, rebounds, and just in net front presence. So Oilers won. McDavid, I thought, was very dangerous in the beginning of the game, but then I did not necessarily notice him for the remaining like forty minutes yeah, of the Hurdle, game, which Hurdle was on great. His line did a really good job of uh, yeah, kind of limiting uh, McDavid. Yeah, and there was actually uh, I think Fear the Fan put out an, an article kind of citing some advanced stats against him, and I think it was as big as when Hurdle's line was on the ice when McDavid was on the ice, they controlled possession like Corsi and Fenwick by something around 60, like 66 or 67 to like 70. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was 66 to 67, I think was Corsi. And then the other one, I think was maybe is either like higher than that or lower than that, but significantly above 50, which is what you want. Um, showing that Hurdle, in this at least one-game sample size, effectively <coughs> really controlled McDavid uh, doing what we needed to do to really, in a first-round matchup against the Oilers, mm-hmm. if we can shut down McDavid, uh, their depth is terrible outside of that first line. Uh, so this was a test, especially without Couture, who is our best two-way forward, um, who always gets the toughest offensive dis- defensive assignments as a forward to play against the other team's top scorers always does well. And then also happens to score himself, which is amazing. It was great to see that, you know, hurdle can do that too. So maybe we, if Couture is healthy enough, we can roll like a one, two punch against that line as well. Yeah. I mean, it's hard, it's hard for me to really buy just from one game, how accurate that is, but if he has the capability, capability, that line, that's a good thing. And I think that Hurdle with his good puck possession, and then you got the, those two speedy wingers in Hansen and, and Vodker. Which, over the past like three or nice. four games, had really been playing Yeah, they've very been doing well. really well, yeah. Which is great to see, mm-hmm. because Vodker really needs to play well. He got a go- Vodker got a goal in the last game of the season. That looked Tierney great. got another one. Um, mm-hmm. Who else scored in that game? Uh... I forget. O'Regan. O'Regan got his first NHL goal, so I mean... Second NHL game or something like that. Third, third. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And that concluded the regular season. Mm -hmm. I don't really think there's much, too much else to talk about that Edmonton game. Uh, Lucic really just had a great game and got himself a hat-trick. Congrats to him. Uh, It was very unfortunate how that happened, because it really looked like the Sharks were going to win that game. That bugs me about Lucic. (laughs) I don't know if he I was always say does this, face, but I feel like... Because it does bother me, and that's so bad, but it does. <laughs> I feel like he... I'm not sure if he always does this, but I feel like I've seen it before. When he scores a goal, he just stands there and lifts his arms. Oh, dude. It's like, yeah, it's skate like, away and celebrate with your team get out or something of my like crease. that. Get away from Martin Jones. Yeah. <laughs> Wherever the goalie is. Just, 
I want Couture to like hip check him like he did in game one. Dude, remember when they fought? Oh. No, they didn't fight. Lucic just went out, went after Couture because oh, Couture that's right, wrecked him. Couture, yeah, and he's like, him. you can't do that to me. And Couture is just like just cracking just up. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was one of the best hits ever and most oh, satisfying things to oh, see. So good. So, Migs, you know what's going to happen? What? But Couture actually shouldn't be doing those hits right now. So. No, dude. Couture can hit him I as much as he wants. I want his mouth to be okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, What'd you say? Wait, you I say? was going to say... The playoffs are upon us. They are. It's kind of hard to believe. Yep. Uh, 82 excited? games have passed. She nodded. Allie She's gives the thumbs up. She's kind of wiped out, right? <laughs> yeah. She's uh, helping us produce the episode. Yeah. So, um, yeah, there are some matchups. I think the matchups are... Um, let me pull them up so I don't get them wrong. Uh, we don't really talk about the Eastern Conference because they don't talk about us. <laughs> so is that we're just, so frustrating? It is so frustrating, and I'm not going to mention them right now, despite them. They're like, and the analysts are like, well, like, oh yeah, the Sharks are the real dark horses. It's like, because you don't stay up and watch our games. <laughs> watch them on the next day or something. Gosh. <laughs> and sometimes they, and they like straight joke, up say they like that. joke. Yeah, they joke about they're like, like are you going to stay up and watch that game? It's like, <laughs> shut up. And they're like, they're like, they're like that meme where it's a bunch of like businessmen, old businessmen in a room, like throwing their head backs laughing. They're yeah. like, Western Conference defense when wins the Norris. <laughs> We'd have to watch that game. Oh, that's so annoying too. And and okay, I, I'll probably well, step on some toes here. But let's be honest: the Eastern Conference was inferior to the Western Conference for like for like years. years. Yeah, <laughs> and they're only just coming out of like that for. And it was like again Crosby's team. Just saying. yeah. Oh my god. Okay. Whatever. Western Conference series. Uh, most important first. Sharks versus the Oilers. Oilers have no, no. Let's talk about let's talk about us at the end. Let's just. Dude, we're not going to talk about the Eastern Conference. Trash, Legitimate. Whatever. Don't care about them. So, uh... Yeah. 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 So, Blackhawks are, <laughs> placing the, are playing the Predators. Blackhawks have home ice. Do you want to do predictions, or do you want to just be like, this uh, is happening? I don't know. I think Blackhawks versus Predators, I think that could go either way, honestly. Blackhawks have been going in bad. Predators have a really bad start to the season. Predators are a scary team. Blackhawks are a scary team. Both good teams. I don't want to play either. Yeah. <laughs> Blackhawks are very good, so obviously I'm going to choose them. But if the Predators pull off a victory, that would be an upset, but I wouldn't be entirely surprised. Mm-hmm. Wild versus Blues, two teams, really probably my least favorite in the Western Conference, honestly. Least least favorite matchup or least favorite teams? Uh, matchup and maybe teams. I really just hate the Blues for what they did to us a couple of seasons ago when we could never score on them. So continue to... 2012? That is a couple of years ago. In well, my hand. Couple. In my hand. That's two. Well, multiple couples. A couple. a couple of couples. Wow. You and Allie are Ooh. a couple. You wow. <sighs> a few. Yeah. Um, so, Blues, I hope you lose. Wild. That doesn't matter. And, and, and then just the silence is just... Uh, Both of those teams I, yeah. are beatable, but can be dangerous in their own right. Allie, can you say that again? That was perfect. I hope you somehow lose, too. Yeah, I hope both teams lose. <laughs> yeah. I will continue to say without really much to back it up, but I feel like the Wilder team of mercenaries, so I hope they lose. And then the Ducks are <laughs> playing that, the Flames. I uh, believe the Ducks should win that one. They're the better team. I, I really think the Flames can pull up an upset against the Ducks. I, I think, I mean, the they Flames, can. I think the Flames are a, a pretty good young team that's more complete than the Oilers besides McDavid. I would say that, yeah. So they don't necessarily have that huge top-end talent, but they are, on they're on average, worse than McDavid, which is literally everyone. <laughs> yeah. um, but then they, they've got uh, a sprinkling of skill further down their lineup with uh, some good players like Gaudreau and Kachuk, Tuchuk. Kachuk, Sam Bennett. There's also Sean Monahan, who's had a great season. Their D is good too. D is good. Giordano, yeah, Brody, Brody, Dougie Hamilton, Elliot with his all. Uh, Elliot's really round out his game and done great the last couple months. And uh, so, if the Ducks were healthy, mm-hmm. I would say maybe I would even consider the Flames. But Ducks are out. Camp Fowler. Even and they if might the have Ducks were he- no, honestly, even no, if the Ducks were healthy, I think that's a 
good matchup. I'll take that because I just, you know, California team that I don't like. I just want to say, like, I feel terrible that, like, we had a, whatever, a nine-point lead in division and gave it up with our terrible last month. But that being said, in terms of matchup, I'm actually... I'm I would happy with the Oilers. prefer playing the Oilers in either Calgary or the Ducks. Yeah. And I'm glad that if we can make it past the Oilers, I'm glad we're going to play whoever gets beat up in that series because I think there's not going to be a lot of love lost between those two teams. Yeah. So the last matchup is the Oilers versus the Sharks. Yep. And I, I we can talk about the Eastern Conference. Um, there Canadians are, there are no, no, there are four series with two these? teams each. Please. Nope, that's it. Please. That's all we're talking about. Okay, that's fine. Yep. You, I thought you want you want to mention their names. That was Canadian team, American team, <laughs> Canadian team, American team, American team, American, American team. team. I hope beats them. American, American team, team. The rest of the <laughs> world, as far as Toronto is concerned. I really hope the Maple Leafs get out of there early, so that they stop so that talking about them Toronto can talk about something else. <laughs> I know. It's so Maybe annoying. stay up for some Western Conference games this year. <laughs> and not like Central Division games where it's like only an hour ahead of them. Or uh, so, uh, in-depth, Oilers Sharks. Uh, McDavid hit 100 points this season. Pretty impressive. Very He's impressive. a very, very good player, which should and not be taken lightly at all. First in full this series. season. Yes. So, I mean, there's not much to say about the Oilers. Uh, they've slowly, after a few years ago, maybe a few, maybe not a couple, they really overhauled their front office and slowly started to build a correct <laughs> that team. That actually is a couple. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry. <laughs> they built a team the way it should be. They fired out the old boys club and cleaned house and started the process, which they... By the amount of first but overall have picks... they made the team that they should be, really? Dude, the amount of first overall picks... and D is not that... They could have filled out nine players on their roster mm-hmm. with first round picks mm-hmm. and like top 10 picks. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, well, moment of silence for the terrible stuff that they've never been able to accomplish with all those high draft picks. Yeah. Like you're like, Oh, next year, they're on the corner. Never did. Yeah. Anyway. So they smartly gave up. Maybe individual trades may have been not as favorable for them, but they have started to uh, get more depth get better D, get some goaltending. They went out and got Cam Talbot, who I know is a big target for the Sharks. Mm-hmm. Two years ago when we got Jones, before that happened, and we fleeced the Kings, which was great. Through oh, like so a, great. We, like, laundered money. We, like, laundered, like, a draft pick trade through Boston to get to get <laughs> the Kings goalie. It was great. I loved uh, it. Some sort of underhand. Somehow fleecing the Kings. Because you know they're are not going to trade with us because, like, we yeah. hate the Sharks. We're not going to get our division better, <laughs> let alone our conference. Well, give it to Boston. Give them so far away, we'll never see them again unless we meet in the West in the Stanley yeah. Cup final. And the Sharks are like, "Thank you, Boston, for playing into our plan." <laughs> <laughs> or it was like a, "Hey, Boston, yeah, we'll give you this and and we'll give you this." Right? Dude, yeah. you just, I hope, I hope Doug Wilson is that, that crafty. It's probably illegal somehow. <laughs> I don't know. It's not illegal. They don't have a rule about it yet. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they've slowly started to get better instead of like a team of first round picks. And then everyone who's not a first round pick is like a scrub Mm. or at least a rando. Yeah. I I just said that, like, uh, I threw some skepticism in there just because yes, they're good. McDavid's there. They have dry sidle. They gave up Hall, but they got a somewhat solid defenseman and Adam Larson, but the process is still happening. They don't have that roster. That's like. The and Capitals, they don't have, that's just like, wow, they have everything they, they need don't have right that now. veteran mindset. Mm-hmm. And uh, with they don't have that vet- – so they're very top-heavy. And instead of having some, like, depth scores and some good depth players, there's, like, bad players. Mm-hmm. So it's the top line is extremely overloaded with McDavid and Dreisaitl. And then whoever decide- they decide to put on his wing, I can't remember at the time. Uh, oh, Patrick Maroon, who is a good player. Yeah. He's a net front guy, and they uh, they Done, use that. He's had a good season this year. And he, he can score, too. Um, second line has Lucic and Eberle and Ryan Nugent Hopkins, who Ryan Nugent Hopkins, after being a first overall pick, has not really panned out in the same way they want him to. 
Well, neither did, uh, what's I mean, and literally, like, neither did everyone else. Except for Taylor. Nail Yakupov was the worst. Dude, yeah, that's so bad. He's like, is he out of Yeah, traded to St. Louis, but. And they, like, scratched him. Yeah, he hasn't played a lot. Yeah, which is poor, poor Nile. Um, and, uh, uh, Hall was very good. Yeah. Maybe one of the best wingers on the team. Uh, game for current, Mm -hmm. current rosters. So, uh, second line is good. Definitely a respectable second line, but does not have the scoring prowess at the first line. Mm. So, <clears throat> and then, so they don't really have a lot of veterans. And none of the players on the roster have been to the playoffs as an Oiler. Except for, like, me, I'll, just because I'm not for sure, maybe let's say, like, two. Or something I don't like that. think. I honestly don't think any of them, I but I'm not going to definitively anybody. say that. Um, I mean, they have playoff guys, but they but not as a not Oilers. as Oilers, and most of the team has not. Like they have yeah. Sekera, who went as a king the year before. Yeah, as a king, as a he's in the Hurricanes as a king. before the Kings, I think. Yeah, they so they have, have a few on. players who they've traded for who have had some experience. Like I think Larson may have made. Well, he's in the Devils. Before. He was with the Devils, and they they haven't yeah, really they haven't made, made it in the last two. Years. It depends on when he uh, was picked. If he's a young guy. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, so, not only do they not have veteran presence, which uh, which lets them know how they need to conduct themselves in the playoffs and how like what that level of play that they need to execute at all times in practice and all this stuff, uh, they don't have anyone who's been there in deep playoff runs. And again, I may be missing one person, but one well, person Lucic is not half won of the, the team. Stanley Cup with the Bruins in 2000. Right, there is Lucic, and yeah. he is the one guy. But that's just one guy. You know, you need that's one guy on one line. If you had one guy for every line or an every D pairing, that'd be perfect. Yeah. But they don't have that, and then they also have people like Zach Cassian and Pat Maroon and Lucic. Wasn't Cassian on the Canucks when they went to the final in 2011? I don't remember. Oh, maybe. I feel like he was on the Canucks for a while. He was he was a Canucks pick, yeah. And then they traded him for Bill Horvat. They, like, swapped players. And basically, they have some players that if you can get under their skin, they'll lose their game. Maroon, especially Cassian. Especially Cassian. Yeah. That game that we went to at the at the end of December, he got in two fights, I think. When we were he in has, San Jose. That was like the... And the, he just... He lost it that game. Yeah, and at that point, he got like benched or something like that mm-hmm. for the rest of the game. And then he, he learned his lesson. Um, uh, so, it kind of just boils down to the, uh, the Oilers, for the most part, outside of McDavid, are a league average team. Uh, with some top-heavy people pulling them up. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't just say, oh, with not, if they didn't have McDavid, they'd be a terrible team, because he's on their team. But, if you can shut down McDavid's line, <clears throat> sorry, if you can shut down McDavid's line, the goals they need to win a series are not going to be there. Mm. Um, and we have the people to shut him down. We have Couture as a forward. If he can't play... We'll see if Hurdle can get that assignment and win it out like he did last game. Mm-hmm. Like David did get that goal, but that was a fortuitous, a fortuitous bounce. Bounce was like a bounce, bounce, deflection, rebound thing. So, yeah. So outside of that crazy bounce thing, uh, they they effectively limited him. Uh, we have Vlasic, we have Braun, great shutdown people. Paul Martin also can take on that role, too. Very defensive player. Um, so we have the people to eliminate him, and Burns with his huge body, too. Um, so we have the people to shut him down, and then we have way better depth and a playoff experience throughout the whole lineup because last year we went to the final, mm. and our team has changed very little. Except yeah. for Bodker and Hansen are the only people... And a couple other rookies. Schlemko, Schlemko as well. Um, so but we so have cut. enough people. We have a, a definitely a, a, a nebulous, or nucleus of players 
Mm-hmm. It's a very large nucleus of players that went all the way to the final last year, or maybe two, three people ha- haven't, instead of the exact opposite, where maybe two, three people have been for the Oilers, and then no one else has been. Mm-hmm. Right? So I think if we can effectively shut down McDavid with good two-way defensive, with uh, just sticking on him like Rice, with Couture if he's healthy, or Hurdle, hopefully he can keep it up, and then defense, playing him really tight, not giving him the space he needs, overpower him while we still can because he's not as big as he probably will end up when he gets a, in a few years in the NHL and he gets some more weight. Um, I think it will build well. Yeah. I think I think the Sharks' depth will kind of win out on here. I What I think about this series is... Uh, I kind of told you this earlier, but in terms of the advantages and disadvantages to each team, I think the Oilers, for one, are, are young. They have McDavid. They're going to have a whole lot of intensity coming into the playoffs for the first time in a decade. They're going to have their home crowd behind them with home ice. Um, and they're yeah. they're going to be first game, really intense. If we lose right? their first game, it's like, okay. But think about the Sharks' opportunity of coming in there and want to oh, spoil they that win party. That first game, that's that's going to... I would love strike somewhat that. of a mental, emotional blow to that to that if franchise, we can steal not franchise, that franchise, but them, to that fan base a bit. Oh, yeah, getting home ice, get in that first game, steal back home ice in that first game. That get would be that huge. first goal. The thing is, when I when I look at the Sharks, I, like I said, I'm disappointed about their last month of play. But if you look at the Pacific Division standings and where they ended up, Anaheim, who won the division, finished with four points more. Or sorry. Uh, only six points. Yeah, only six points more than the Sharks. So, and now Anaheim got a point in fourteen straight games or something like that. Edmonton was not far off. They were awesome in that last four, uh, ten to fifteen games of the season. Now the Sharks won, won one of nine games. What they lost eight of nine games in regulation uh, towards the end of the season. Um, I think in our last fifteen, we had maybe won like four or five games. Now, through that long losing stretch, if we had even gone 50-50, we may have still come out with the Pacific Division lead. That's how much of a lead we had up until that point that we started to lose in that losing streak. Now, what that tells to me is, yes, we went through a streak of not playing well, but this is the same team that before that was pretty consistent at leading the division and winning well, whereas Anaheim and Edmonton, they kind of sputtered, had some high points, had some low points, more consistently uneven throughout the season. So mm-hmm. I think that is an encouraging thing, thinking that this team, if they can refocus, get back to what they're good at with a solid defensive game and playing with intensity, getting back to that consistency, this is that same team that had that consistency throughout most of the season before they wanted this downturn. Now, Anaheim, Edmonton, those teams have advantages in the sense that they're coming in hot, but that's also a streak, not a losing streak, but a winning streak. Before that, they were the same team that maybe lacked some consistency that the Sharks had. So I think it's kind of really refocusing what team can kind of get back. If the Sharks can get back to their game, raise up their level of intensity, get healthy, I think they have a really good chance, especially with all their depth and the maturity that they had with their experience in the playoffs last year. And I think that can ultimately win out against the war, uh, not the Warriors, the Oilers' um, immaturity and lack of playoff experience and things like that. Hopefully we can, they'll kind of be over the top excited and not be ready for things and kind of get hit in the face a little bit. Yeah, there'll be um, some, and we can knock some them down early. Pre-game you know? jitters. Hopefully. And some jitters that the Oilers are working on their first time. They'll be excited, but hopefully it'll get them to too amped up where they kind of are off their Dude, game Dude, yeah, bit. let's get Cassian under Cassian's skin. Let's get under Lucic's skin. Yeah. I'm hoping that the Sharks, and I think there's a good chance of this, the Sharks will have more of a controlled intensity mm-hmm. than the Oilers, which they may go really Maybe hard, streaky. but they may make mistakes. They may get in their heads a little bit and mm-hmm. give up some dumb things because of that that lack of experience and stuff. Um, so I'm looking forward to the series. Like I said, I think it's a good matchup. I would prefer to play the Oilers instead of the Ducks Calgary because I think those are heavier Harder, more deep teams. For me, it's depth. Yeah. Depth is the really the big thing for me. Mm-hmm. Um, don't really have much to add after that. Yeah. I think um, we will figure out how we're going to record for the playoffs. Allie, do you have any thoughts about the upcoming uh, series you, of the Sharks about to play? 
What is your what do you, two what do you cents think on about this? The Oilers versus the Sharks. We got this. Why do we got this? Because you cannot sustain a team that has one negative goal. True. David cannot carry them through an entire series alone. Yeah. Yeah, I agree, and I think. Uh, and we are so much more than Thornton or Couture. Yeah. yeah. But they are not. Yeah. Well, I, I think there's something to be said about without Thor and Couture, we're a lot worse. I mean, yeah, take out your two best players. But, my point but then is the depth, depth is, after those players yeah. is greater than the depth and skill the of the Oilers. The are more than one man. The Oilers are not three. They have yeah. Dreisaitl, who I think has been feeding off of... Dreisaitl's a good player, mm. but I don't think he's a... I think he's heavily benefiting from... Uh, McDavid, especially because McDavid is a uh, assist-heavy player. But I, I think they do have some good players in there, right? But I think everybody on their team is lifted up by McDavid in their level of play. Yeah, I mean, all he, just as Thornton does to his teammates, yeah. McDavid does. Except for McDavid is clearly in his prime. Younger, yeah, and he's not setting, even in his prime. That's even so the scary. way that he plays and what he brings, he sets the standard higher for his team. Not to mention they have a good coach and Todd McClellan yeah. coaching staff. So wow. that's another interesting also, yeah. storyline, right? That Todd McClellan's going to play against his old team. Um, I'm sure he'll win. After, he'll want a win. Don't say that. I'm sure he'll want to win. <laughs> I'm sure he'll win. No! Yeah. I know, that's a little flub. But, he'll, win, uh, he'll win in his sleep. Yeah. We're losing their mind. Anyway. Um, that's it? That's it. Um, first live show, probably the last one in a while. Um, but anyway, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, this has been Back to the Point. We, I guess we're going to say, uh, if, you're, if you like our podcast, go ahead and give us a, a rating or a review. Um, on iTunes or whatever podcast platform you use. Um, you could find us on Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher, uh, other podcast platforms that are pretty common and out there. Um, do you have anything else you'd like to add, Ian? Uh, we are not affiliated with the San Jose Sharks or the National Hockey League in any <laughs> form or capacity. The yeah. views expressed are our own. Yes. And... You can contact us through uh, our email at backtothepointpodcast at yahoo.com or uh, tweet at us or message us at at underscore backtothepoint on Twitter. We would love to hear from you. Chat and with you that, guys, see what you guys think. Let us know if any suggestions you have about our podcast, things you like, things you don't like. And on that note, uh, go Sharks, getting to the most exciting time of the year playoffs go sharks go sharks go sharks all right we'll see you guys next time